Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Our speaker today, we're very fortunate to have Chaitanya Charan Das here. Uh, Chaitanya Charan is, uh, unlike any of you, he was a software engineer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he graduated, uh, he went to school, uh, went to a university in, uh, in Pune and was working for a multinational corporation. And then he decided that uh, really his calling in life was to uh, benefit the world by, uh, by being a teacher of Krishna consciousness. And so he is quite a teacher of Krishna consciousness. If you go to his uh, website, gitadaily.com, right? Um, there are over 3,500 audio uh, presentations there. I mean, that's a lot, right? If you, if you speak every day of the year for 10 years, that would be 3,600. So, you know, it's a lot. And also his website, the spiritual, is the spiritual science or just spiritual? The spiritual scientist.com, where he, uh, he's, he's an author of over 21 books. Um, he's a monk who travels around the world uh, teaching Krishna consciousness. And of course, many of you recognize him that we've had him speak here several times in the past. And he's doing a tour of the United States right now. And very fortunately, he spent uh, the week with us here in Washington, D.C. So please uh, give a warm welcome to His Grace, Chaitanya Chaitanya Chaitanya. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyatya Desha Tarine Vancha kalpataru bhyascha krupa sindhu bhyayevacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna. Krishna. I'm grateful to be here amongst all of you today. And I'll speak on the topic of how to get past our past. How to get past our past. Just about a month ago, I was in the Silicon Valley. So I spoke at uh, Intel and Google and Microsoft. So I was speaking about, largely about the mind. And one common question that came up from many people after the talks, either one-to-one or in public, was that many people live with pent-up choked feelings of resentment about the past. Something went wrong in their life. Somebody treated them unfairly. Somebody, uh, something terrible happened in their life. And that just keeps going on and on and on and on. And in a sense, our past can become like a trap. It's either we could, if you want to use a little ethereal example, The past comes like a ghost which keeps haunting us again and again. Why did this happen? Now the the haunting can be broadly in two ways. One is through memories and the other is through desires. Memories means something bad has happened to us and we just keep, that keeps replaying in our mind. 
or it could be nowadays lots of people are subject to addictions so they may decide i want to give up this addiction but the desire keeps coming coming again and again and again the british author oscar wilde he said that giving up smoking is the easiest thing in the world i have done it over 100 times <laughs> so so our pa- another metaphor we could use for the past is our past is like a like a lasso or a shackle somebody is running away and then somebody throws a lasso and catches them by the rope so like that we are sometimes pulled short and pulled down by our past so how how do we deal with this so i'll talk about this in terms of an acronym that p a s t four points so positivity association spirituality and time when we go through life everyone has bad things happen to them the the biggest cause of unhappiness the reason why most people are unhappy is because they believe everyone else is happy <laughs> we all think oh we see on the tv we see in the media oh everybody seems to be smiling everybody seems to be laughing and then we think i am all alone facing so many problems in my life so actually this positivity means not that we want to think everybody is suffering so i will also suffer but the idea is the bhagavad gita gives a very interesting understanding of this it explains that this world is dukkhalaya it's a place of misery now what does it mean it's a place of misery it certainly doesn't mean that the world is a place of misery so be miserable that is not the point of the gita if we see arjuna was in distress at the start of the gita he was so confused so overwhelmed that he was in tears saying ashru purna kulekshanam brimming his eyes were with tears and he's a battle hardened warrior who would not show any emotions even in great provocation what to speak of tears in public so he was to be overwhelmed so he was in such distress and by hearing the gita's message what happened he regained his composure he became calm he became composed so the gita did lead arjuna from distress to composure so when the gita tells us that this world is a place of distress it is dukkhalayam what does it mean it means that distress is a feature of the world distress is not a purpose of the world so the world is like a hospital in a hospital pain is inevitable now but the hospital is not designed to cause pain however if in a hospital if somebody starts expecting i want to have a 10 course feast they are going to be frustrated in a hospital also, although there is pain a patient can be positive but positivity requires understanding the purpose of the hospital and understanding the purpose why they are in the hospital so similarly when the bhagavad gita tells us that this world is a place of distress that means that we understand yes i have had bad things happen in my life and there are so many other people in the world everybody has had bad things happen in their life the specifics may vary positivity means that we look not at the bad that has happened but look at the good that is available for us the bhagavad gita explains that we are spiritual beings to explain this point i'll talk about a three level model of the self the body mind and the soul the bhagavad gita says we are not just our physical bodies our existence is three dimensional we could say body mind and soul this is like a computer system in which there is the hardware the software and the user so the software is the mind the soul is the user and the hardware is the body so <clears throat> bad things do happen in this world but the bad things become worse when the mind keeps replaying them so the so the mind is the software which is the interface between 
the user and the hardware the computer physical so similarly for us the mind is the interplay between the body between the soul and the body and when bad things happen in our life they will happen they will stay for some time and they will end however if we keep letting that replay in we could say the mind is like a screen on which images from the outer world come and also images from our memory come up and when the past starts replaying the negative dark part of the past starts replaying that's when we become we become frustrated we become disheartened we become depressed so positivity means here to understand that we are not alone in our suffering there is a way to move forwards to to be positive means to understand that actually there there is distress but there is a way out of the distress and if we are resenting why the distress is there that's like resenting why pain is there and the hospital pain will be there resentment of reality often hurts much more than reality resentment of reality means that say suppose we wanted to go for outing and uh, the night before that we get flu and then we have to lie on bed feeling weak now actually lying on bed with flu is not a very painful thing but the mind makes it painful oh and maybe if our friends have gone for the outing and they are saying sending photos of the beautiful places they are visiting at that anger is all the more so actually the reality may not be that painful but the resentment of the reality that makes it much more painful and that resentment happens when see, i am i as the soul i'm here my mind is here the body is here the body in the physical world is here so at a physical level in a hospital bed in a in my home bed or wherever i am lying down it's not very painful but in the mind if what is playing on why did this happen why did this happen why did this happen that is what hurts us the most so positivity means that we recognize that bad things always happen but let me focus on the good now this is this may seem to be like a trite message but let's try to understand it from this perspective of the soul the mind and the body that the reality is often not as bad as our resentment of the reality makes us as long as we are resenting something why did this happen why did this happen why did this happen we just keep hurting ourselves more and more so we all have certain expectations of how things should be and expectations are good in the sense that they help us to shape things if i expect the room should be clean then i'll work to clean the room but sometimes things turn out to be entirely different from our expectations now suppose somebody had learned rowing and they wanted to demonstrate how nicely they row they're planned out in their mind i'll move my arms elegantly and people will flash photos and they'll see how nicely i'm rowing and as they get into the boat and they are about to row at that time a monster wave hits the boat and one moment earlier they were in the boat with the oars and the next moment there is no boat and there are no oars and now if they keep moving their hands as if they are rowing all that will happen is they will drown they will drown now in their mind there is the image oh i was going to do like this i was going to do like this i was going to do like this but the reality has changed so see so we are here our expectations are here and the reality is here so when we are resenting reality what is happening is we are actually not dealing with the reality at all we are only resenting why is there this gap between expectation and reality and the greater the gap between expectation and reality the greater is the frustration so positivity means we understand sometimes in life expectations will get frustrated let us focus on the reality as long as we are obsessing over the distance between the expectation and the reality we make ourselves miserable now the reality may also be distressing but the reality's distress is multiplied 
by the gap between how we think our life should have been and how things are so one point in getting past the past is that focus on things as they are not as we think they should have been so positivity means yes this is what is going to ha- this happens to everyone but things are not as bad as i think they are let's deal with reality as it is and this becomes easier when we understand through this metaphor that there is there is the soul there is the mind which is the inner screen and there is the outer scene so how much am i focusing on so my expectations are situated in my inner screen the mind hmm? and the reality is here so when when now this takes me to the next point a is association association means that we are often shaped by the kind of people we live with and our desires our thoughts our ambitions basically what appears on our inner screen and what stays there our desires are not just linear they are triangular what do i mean by triangular desires that sometimes we see something attractive we see a nice food item say i want to, i want i want to eat it so we see the object and we get the desire that is a linear desire but sometimes we might see some unfamiliar object or some some food item which we never heard about now several years ago first time when i had gone to australia uh, the devotees there offered me a baklava now i had never heard of a baklava till then and if you think about it the name baklava is not very pleasant sounding <laughs> so they asked would you like to have baklava i said maybe later <laughs> and then i had gone to with another friend and then that this this, this devotee friend he took baklava and he was eating it and he was relishing it and i observed him i saw him relishing give me one also <laughs> so what happened just hearing about or seeing the baklava did not create the desire the seeing somebody else eating and relishing it that created the desire so our desires are not just linear they are also triangular not just the object but also seeing somebody connecting with that object relishing that thing that is what creates kindles strengthens our desires so there are some people who habitually live in the past oh you know if only this had been like this my life would have been so nice oh the past was so good oh this was like this now if we live with people who live in the past we will also live in the past we will not be able to move forward in our lives so so with respect to our mind we can't directly change what is there in the mind but we can change the stimuli from which things get impressed on the mind so this is what shri prabhupad when he came to america about 50 years ago this is what he did he offered people his own association and he was filled with love for krishna and at that time many of the early devotees who came to the krishna consciousness movement they were into drugs they initially thought of drugs as a way to spiritual growth in fact lsd had a had a pseudo full form they called it lsd as league of spiritual discovery so anybody who takes L- lsd joins that league that was their idea now but later on many of them became hooked to it so when prabhupad came it was his association devotees saw that prabhupad was so happy just chanting krishna's name serving krishna worshiping krishna and that created spiritual desires within them so changing our internal changing the way our mind works what flashes back in our mind that is not that easy but changing our association is relatively easier so we can look in our association who is the source of positivity and who is the source of negativity now negativity is not always bad sometimes negativity can lead to caution we don't want to just be unrealistically positive but at the same time too much negativity can lead to pessimism discouragement and overall passivity so those who help us to move forwards in our life 
those are the people who we need to associate and the way people around us are the mind inside us will become like that sooner or later and generally for us when we associate with someone for example we come for a spiritual program like this association is not just physical proximity the essence of association is the transfer of desires when krishna spoke the bhagavad gita to arjun arjun got the association of krishna there and at the end of hearing the bhagavad gita what was arjun's response did arjun, did arjun say nice lecture krishna <laughs> krishna did not, arjun did not say that what did arjun say yes thank you karishe vachanam tava i will do your will that means that krishna's desire became transferred to arjun so association is not just a matter of a ritual association is about connecting with others in a way that we get their desires so for all of us whatever the past may have been in our lives but if we can get positive spiritual desires by spiritual association then the past it doesn't matter if you look at shila prabhupada also in his own life he faced so many setbacks before he started the krishna consciousness movement he tried to start a business but twice he tried it just didn't work out although he spent years and years decades of his life in it he tried to run a magazine but uh, nobody was interested in that at, at that time he tried to publish books he tried to write a book and then someone just sold the manuscript off as uh, garbage he tried to start a organization and the place which was going to be his headquarters uh, a group of people evicted him from that place practically he tried to come to america alone with no money and on that way the only resource he had materially speaking was his body and that collapsed under two devastating heart attacks somehow he came to america and he started doing some programs here but the place where he was saying the janitor over there stole his uh, typewriter and his dictaphone and finally he went to another place and he was staying there with another young person who it seemed might become his first western follower and that person went mad with drugs and came to attack shila prabhupad so one after another after another he faced so many reversals mm-hmm. when we start off with life we all have big ambitions say when somebody is a young school going student or college going student they say what do you want to do i want to become the wealthiest person in the world i want to become the president of america i want to become this i want to become that many times we have start off with big ambitions but as life's reversals keep beating us beating us by the time somebody graduates if i get a job it will be good <laughs> so reversals can beat us down so much Uh, that we may just become discouraged but with respect to shila prabhupad if we look at the past from a material perspective for him he had so much negativity but his association was with krishna his association was his spiritual master and he kept the instruction the desire that he got from them with him always share krishna's message with the world and that became an enduring source of purpose for him so positivity association s is spirituality now what do i mean by spirituality the bhagavad gita explains that <clears throat> as i talk about the three level reality body mind and soul so at the level of spiritual uh, spiritual reality there is a soul and there is the supreme soul so when we go through life we are working at the physical level at the physical level we are working and at the same time we are souls who are spiritual in our essence and to the extent we realize our spirituality to that extent we become less affected by the things that happen to us at the material level now how does this work out we experience life not just based on the things that happen in our life we experience life based on 
where our consciousness is invested every last year i come from india india is a cricket mad country so last year i think uh, or was it this year the india and pakistan had a uh, had a cricket match there was a champions trophy world cup finals india was expected to win and india lost very badly so after that in mumbai one boy came and talk with me he said last 3 days i have not been able to sleep so i just can't digest how india lost so badly so i told him you know why are you not able to sleep probably the cricketers went to sleep is it <laughs> so he says you are in india that match happened probably in england so why is it that you are not able to sleep so actually what is happening is we don't experience emotions based on where we are we experience emotions based on where our consciousness is if the consciousness is caught in the cricket match thousands of miles away we'll experience emotions in relationship with that so our spirituality gives us a safe shelter for our consciousness when we talk about becoming krishna conscious what does it mean practically it means just as we build a home for our body where we can keep uh, our we, we can rest physically similarly krishna is meant to be the home for our consciousness all of us think that our needs are we need food we need clothing we need shelter yes we need all these things but uh, often unspoken need but a very strong need is a peaceful satisfying shelter for our consciousness a satisfying object of thought we may be home comfortably but if our thoughts are wandering here there and everywhere we will be miserable we may be home comfortably but we will be comfortably miserable so it's a very vital need that we need a satisfying object of thought and in fact if we consider today entertainment entertainers are probably the highest paid professionals in the world today uh, in india uh, again we have this cricket indian premier league so the amount of money that many of these cricketers earn in 50 days is more than what most professionals earn in 50 years the amount of money that is spent on this indian premier league in this 50 days it's enough to feed all the starving people of india for one full year uh, one social critic said that now if you can if you are a surgeon who can cut up the who can fix a broken leg you don't even earn one tenth of if you can kick a ball with your leg so now the point i'm driving through this is that why is it that entertainment is so highly valued why are people ready to pay so much for entertainment entertainment has always been a part of human history but the obsessive obsession with entertainment that is there today that is because entertainment is a way by which people are trying to find some satisfying object of thought the mind is so agitated this is wrong that is wrong that is wrong somehow forget everything and watch something entertaining so we seek entertainment so desperately because a satisfying object of thought is a vital need however entertainment satisfies only temporarily for our consciousness for our thoughts entertainment is like a painkiller for the short while when we are entertained we feel good what we need is not entertainment as much as enlightenment enlightenment means to understand who is the ultimate object what is it that we should think about so krishna is the all attractive all powerful supreme person to the extent we learn to fix our consciousness on krishna to that extent we will start finding our mind becoming calm our thoughts coming to a rest bhajahure mana shrinanda nandana abhaya charanaravindare the mind will become peaceful
And this is something which anybody can experience. If they come to a temple, they pray, they participate in the kirtan, they sit, sit and try to meditate on Krishna. Just try to remember Krishna, the mind will start becoming peaceful. So we at present do not perceive spiritual reality directly. But we can perceive the effect of spiritual reality on us. The effect of spiritual reality is that the more we spiritualize our consciousness, we calm down. So the more we make it a habit of training ourselves to focus on Krishna, the more we'll find that our mind will calm down. Whatever negative attitude might be coming from the past, oh, this desire is coming, this memory is coming, that is coming. Just let me focus on Krishna. So suppose uh, a child, a small baby is asleep. And now when, ch when, a, when a baby is newborn, the baby doesn't even understand that, uh, okay, this, that there is this my mother and my mother is offering me her, her breast milk. The baby just is crying. And then uh, something is put in the baby's mouth and the baby starts sucking it. And oh, something nice is coming out of it. So as the baby starts growing, she starts becoming aware, oh, this is my mother. This is someone, she loves me, she cares for me. So, gradual, so it's like that right now, all of us are spiritually asleep. So although Krishna is with us, we don't perceive his presence. So suppose a baby is asleep and suddenly it becomes freezing cold at night. At that time, the mother sees baby is trembling and the mother puts a comforter on the baby. Now the baby's eyes are not opened. The baby doesn't know that the baby has not seen the mother. But suddenly, whereas she was feeling like shivering, now she starts feeling comfortable, cozy, warm. And at a subconscious level, she understands. Oh, this is my mother here. My mother must have put, the com put a blanket on me. So she, in the sleep, can't see her mother. But she can feel the result of the mother's presence, the mother's actions. So similarly, we may not be able to perceive Krishna right now. But if we practice bhakti, bhakti pareshanubhava virakti ranyatracha. If we practice bhakti, we will experience Krishna. And that experience is pacifying. Experience is sublimating. And thus, spirituality doesn't just mean uh, some vague sitting in some posture or doing some um, breathing exercises. The essence of spirituality is fixing the mind on Krishna. So when we understand, yes, Krishna is here, Krishna loves me and Krishna will take care of things. No matter how many things have gone wrong in our life, we will become calm. The, so the way to go beyond the past is to go beyond time itself. Krishna exists in a timeless domain. And we focus on Krishna, we experience that elevation of consciousness. And last, I'll talk about is T. T is time. What does time mean over here? That our body and our mind are, we could say, creatures of habit. So whatever we have done in the past, that will keep replaying for some time. But even if bad things have happened physically, bad desires or bad memories are imprinted mentally, if we just keep moving forward positively in our life, with time, things will subside. So, <clears throat> one of my friends, he was in Florida, and he told me, I had given this example earlier, but he told me he had experience of this. So suppose so a leech bites us. Now, some leeches are so strong that if we try to pull out the leech, the leech will pull out our whole skin. And it will be ghastly. But, if we just let the leech do its work, what do you mean do its work? It's sucking our blood. How can I let it suck my blood? No. The leech's capacity to suck blood is not unlimited. It is finite. It has its tubules. Now if you just let it suck blood, once its tubules get full, it will itself let go. 
and then it will itself fall off or you can just flip it and it will fall off so like that sometimes in our life some bad things happen some bad memories come up and they are like leeches from the past the more we try to fight them the worse they become the more they hurt us but just accept this is the way it is this is the way it will stay for some time and we move on with life so time means that nothing in the world lasts forever if we just accept that this is the way it is right now and let me move forwards so time is ultimately not just a unit in physics time the bhagavad gita explains is krishna himself acting and no matter how many bad things have happened in our life in the past krishna can bring good even out of the bad now we look at the we look at the present and we plan the future but krishna looks at the future and plans the present so from the future's perspective we may think hey, why is this happening like this but we just let time pass now whatever uh, we just persevere in doing the right thing we'll find that krishna has a plan that something good works out even out of the bad so rather than judging why is this happened in the past why am i like this just move on in life doing what we can and we will see that krishna in his own way will heal us and strengthen us through the passage of time i'll conclude with one story and then we can have some questions so <clears throat> when uh, some of you may notice when i came in i used crutches so when i was one i was in india in a remote village remote part remote part of the country and my parents uh, they knew there was a big risk of polio over there so they took me to a doctor and they gave me polio vaccine but somehow the doctor had messed up uh, the polio vaccine dose he had not kept it in the fridge properly and the vaccine ended up giving me the polio instead of preventing the polio the vaccine gave me the polio so then now i use crutches and for most people uh, who see me the crutches is the first thing they notice but for me the crutches are just like glasses just a part of me i need them i can't function without them but it's no big deal so then uh, and i talk with i speak sometimes at forums where people have special needs somebody is uh, maybe somebody has a physical limitations so one thing i notice is that many people are still fighting battles that they've already lost that if somebody has lost a limb somebody has lost a eye somebody has lost something well that's a battle that is lost already if you keep fighting a battle that is lost it's it's completely pointless so but what happens in fighting battle that we have already lost we keep losing battles that we could have won now that we could have fought and won now so then when i look back at my life i don't really remember uh being resentful of my physical inability so then i look back and what i notice is that my parents were very accepting they never they tried very much to treat me and heal my leg but it didn't work out but they never made it seem to me as if i was deficient in any way and they would often tell me that that what you lack in physical ability uh, god has blessed you in intellectual ability and then so i i found that okay this is what it is i just moved on with life and then as i was introduced to krishna bhakti then i understood that actually i am not the body i am the soul so the body is just a tool that we have and sometimes the tool functions well sometimes the tool doesn't function well so basically now when i uh, when i look back at my life i find that what was at that time i don't even remember it i just walking one day and i fell down and i never could walk after that normally so for my parents it was troubling for me probably also it was troubling i don't remember it now but as time passes we realize that that which seems to be catastrophic at one moment with time we realize it's not that bad sometimes something good may come out of it 
Sometimes something uh, we may or may not realize what good has come out of it also. But our mind tends to catastrophize the bad things. And if you just let time pass, something which seemed to be like life ending for us, we think, okay. Sometimes if you, if you look back at something which you were very disturbed about three years ago, five years ago, you may laugh at yourself. Why was I so worked up about that? It's come and it's gone now. So for us, the more we recognize this healing power of time, that Krishna can act through time and ultimately it is the world has a lot of power. The world can hurt us in many ways. But greater than the world's power to hurt is Krishna's power to heal. Greater than the world's power to hurt is Krishna's power to heal. So if we focus on that power, healing power of Krishna, we'll find that whatever wounds we may be carrying from our past, Krishna will heal us and Krishna will enable us to move forwards in our life. I'll summarize what I spoke. I spoke on this theme of how to get past our past. Many people live resentful of their lives, bad things that have happened, and as they can't function. So the past is like a ghost haunting us, or it's like a shackle or a lasso trapping us from the past. So how do we deal with it? I talked about four points. P was, does anyone remember? Positivity. Positivity means that instead of having an unrealistic expectation that oh I uh, unless the imagination that I alone am suffering and everybody else is happy we understand this world is like a hospital everybody is wounded in different ways everybody is hurting and the purpose of this world is not to hurt us it is like a hospital it is to heal us so focus on the healing aspect focus not on the fact that we are hurt focus on the fact that there is a process to heal us and in that, I talked about how the, the biggest source of unhappiness is the belief that everyone else has happiness. So our expectations of reality hurt our expectations. Often, they limit our ability to deal with reality because if reality turns out to be different from our expectations, like we wanted to row and there's no boat and no oars and if you're still rowing, we'll simply drown. So if we just, ex we just have a positive attitude, let me focus on the reality, not my frustration with how reality should have been then we'll find that reality is not that bad and a was association said so our desires are not just linear they are triangular so uh, if we if we may hear i should think positive but that is not enough if we associate with someone who is positive then we will feel ourselves become filled with positivity so i talked about Shila Prabhupada. so much negativity in his life but he was positive because he was focused on his service to Krishna. He was associating with Krishna and with his spiritual master. And we can look at our life and see what are the sources, of, who are the sources of positivity and who are the sources of negativity, and focus on those who can who encourage us to move forwards. S was spirituality. spirituality. Talked about how uh, people are ready to spend millions of dollars for entertainment. Because everybody looks for a satisfying object of thought. But for that, entertainment is simply like a painkiller. Enlightenment is the real medicine. Enlightenment means to understand that Krishna, who is our eternal Lord, is all-powerful, all-loving. And just fixing our mind on Him gives us a satisfying object of thought. And that itself brings calmness, that itself brings clarity. So it raises us above our situations. And lastly, T was time. It means, yes, we all are wounded from the past, but no wound lasts forever. Or at least the wounds hurting capacity may not last forever. Some wounds are like leeches. So if we try to pull them out, then they will hurt us more. We just let them do their work. They will do it and they will go away. So instead of resenting whatever bad things have happened in our life, we accept it. The bad effects will be present for some time, but we'll move on. If we keep fighting battles that we have already lost, then we can't fight the battles that we can still fight now. So we don't see just time as a physical unit. We see time as a manifestation of Krishna. And greater than the world's power to hurt is Krishna's power to heal. So if we turn towards Krishna, we all can get past the negativities of our past. 
थैंक यू वेरी मच हरे कृष्णा Thank you. Are there any questions or comments? How do you preach to them? I'll say, okay, I'll say yeah. it again. How I do you, how do you I'll, repeat, I'll repeat it. So, how do we share Krishna Bhakti with people who are secular humanists, who focus on uh, the idea that there is nothing beyond matter? Yes. Thank you. This is a. this is the paradox of uh, materialistic the materialistic view of life that at one level people think that to be materialistic to be, is to be free to enjoy all of life's pleasures the way we, we want them to be whether we want there's no religion no no restriction do whatever you want but actually the materialistic world view is the most restrictive world view philosophically because materialism literal materialism if it is taken to its logical conclusion it means we have no free will in fact there is no we at all because the idea of there is a conscious being there is consciousness itself is a illusion so the in einstein himself was very was very could say he was ambiguous about the consequences of the materialistic world view he said that if reductive materialism were true then that would be in the nazis who killed millions of jews they can't be blamed because that's the way their their biology programmed them so if there is no free will at all then all systems of justice all systems of uh, accountability everything collapses so materialism is itself logically inconsistent because materialism to to believe materialism to accept materialism to propagate materialism there has to be a conscious observer a conscious perceiver who propagates materialism but within materialism there is atash schopenhauer said materialism is the philosophy of the philosopher who has forgotten himself means the philosophy leaves out oneself out of the philosophy so just one simple way to to challenge materialism would be that uh, to just argue this that okay do you accept that you exist obviously very few people will say i don't exist <laughs> say yeah i exist Well then, who is this I that exists? Say, oh, it's it's just some function of the brain. Okay, you say it's a function of the brain, but who is saying that it is a function of the brain? There's a function of the brain, but who is it that is saying that it is a function of the brain? If you just go backward, 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 every question that we ask, if it's an illusion, consciousness is an illusion. Okay, it's an illusion, but who is perceiving that illusion? if somebody says oh that 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 is not water that is a mirage it's a illusion fine it's an illusion but who is perceiving that illusion illusion needs some person who becomes illusion goes into illusion so the 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 idea of a conscious observer is vital for any philosophy and materialism will lead to logical incoherence because materialism does not allow any room for emotions it does not allow any room for consciousness it does not allow any room for free will and it it makes all of existence basically meaningless it makes all of us into automatons who are simply programmed beings and even materialists don't truly live the materialistic ideology nobody can live that ideology even if a if say a materialist a, a hardcore materialist now they are arguing materialism alone is true why are they arguing like that well if i am programmed to be a spiritualist and you are programmed to be a materialist that's why are you arguing at all isn't it so materialistic people write books about how materialist materialism is true but the purpose of writing this book is to make other people into materialists 
And if somebody can change from being a spiritualist to be a materialist, that means they have free will. And if they have free will, that means materialism is not true. So materialism is a... <laughs> so if materialism is true, if somebody accepts materialism to be true, then materialism is not true. It's materialism is inherently a self-contradictory doctrine. It's a statement like somebody says, I don't know a single word of English. <laughs> well, you already spoke eight words, isn't it? <laughs> so, materialism is not at all logically coherent. Okay? Thank you. Yes, please. Okay. What, what, do we mean, what do we mean by enlightenment? The Bhagavad Gita explains that Yoma meva asamudho janati purushottamam sasarvavid bhajatimam sarvabhavena bharata. So enlightenment simply means that we know what is the supreme object on which we focus our consciousness. There is an enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightened state in which some would be in. But what is that state? That state is where the thoughts are directed towards an enlightened object, an enlightening object. So the Bhagavad Gita explains that the absolute truth, whichever name different traditions know that absolute truth by, that absolute truth is all attractive, all loving. And we all long for eternal life. We all long for eternal love. That's why most of the movies which are about romance end with happily ever after. So, where is this longing meant to be fulfilled? That longing ultimately doesn't come from matter. This is another way to refute materialism. Is that nothing around us lasts forever. And yet all of us have an innate longing to live forever. Where does this longing come from? It long, this longing is as out of place as a remote African child suddenly telling his mother, Mom, I want a pizza. He's never heard of a pizza. Where did you get the desire for pizza from? So our longing for love, our longing for lasting love and lasting life, that points to our spirituality. That points to an eternal spiritual object of love. So enlightenment means understanding where our love is to be directed and then to focus our consciousness accordingly. So to become Krishna conscious is the highest state of enlightenment. Okay? Thank you. Time's up. Okay. Sure. So if you have any questions, we can talk later. One to one. Thank you. So we want to... So please uh, let us offer our thanks to Chaitanya Charan Prabhu.